Every great film should seem new every time you see it. Hello and welcome to the 98th episode of the Midnight Film Review. My name is Brian Stevens, and with me, as always, the super sexy Colin Smith. I, I was hoping you were going to say episode 98, and I, I would have gone degrees and rising. <laughs> The should, greatest boy oh, band of all time. Dude, why didn't I introduce you as Nick Lachey? Yeah. Dude, Cincinnati every, Pride or something. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Everybody would have been like, whoa, he had Nick Lachey on? And then you would have started talking. They were like, I think that's just Colin. But we could have went the whole show with him thinking that you were Nick Lachey. I don't know what Nick Lachey sounds like. I did, I'd have to do a lot of research to, yeah, I to pull off that impersonation. Yeah. He just sounds like a, a rich white guy. Yeah, I just, yeah. I don't sound like a rich He's white guy. He's got kind of a softer voice, like a... Yeah. Because he sings those high notes. Does he? I don't know. What is, what's, a, what's a 98 Degrees I don't know any 98 Degrees songs. Yeah, I don't either. I, I was all about... Ooh, uh, baby, do you know... Man. No, it's not. Is that a 98 Degrees? No. no, no. Heaven on Earth? <laughs> yeah, that's not... That's not there, there was an even more ex, uh, obscure boy band from that time period. I'm trying to remember the O-Town? name. Yeah. You want to know how I know it? O-Town? <laughs> I mean, know about... Because... Because that's where you... Uh, never mind. O-Town came to our county fair in Ohio, Richland yeah. County Fair, and uh, I went to the concert. I'm not going to lie. And then they took you to O-Town. And then I went to see, They took me to Pound Town. Uh, that's a joke. Um, a one-way trip. <laughs> never turning back. O-Town. That's funny that I read your mind. I could tell you were thinking about O-Town. There, oh, I, I went to... Uh, O-Town. There was a girl in my high school who was very funny but she was like sort of ironically but sort of not ironically obsessed with o-town in like eighth and ninth grade really mm-hmm. where are they now where's o-town less we we have got to we're get, let's go be- <laughs> i was wondering how long it was gonna we're, take we're two minutes in we gotta come back yeah all right uh this episode man it was a dry week in <laughs> a dry week in o-town in o-town that's what we're talking oh, about o-town no. because there was no news this week um, very low. So we're going to talk about the Emmys uh, for whatever that's worth. We're going to talk about box office, and we're going to chat a little bit about the Tomb Raider trailer that just dropped literally right before the show. You might not even be able to find it online unless you've got elite Google skills like yeah, Brian right. over well, here. I was like hitting up the like what, 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 what I know I know, I know Twitters, Facebooks, <laughs> all the internets. Okay, looking lucky. I don't even know. That's not the quote. But it's something like that. It's, it's an, enough of an approximation. Anyway. Uh, I have a media hot take. Um, it's not going to be real in-depth, but I have one. Um, we did get an email this week, but uh, Drew Mascarelli wrote in. But it's kind of spoilerish, so we're going to read it right before the spoiler talk for this week's feature review, Mother. Wait, I should... Mother? Mo- Mother... Mother! Exclamation point. Mother, can you hear me? <laughs> yeah. Let's hear this? I don't know. Can, can you, mother? Just can you, yeah. Hear, hear this, this, just not if you can hear me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There you uh-huh. go. All right. Yeah. Um, so let's talk box office first. All right. Box office. Yeah. So I, to no one's surprise, um, Mother did not perform that well this week. And it is once again breaking box office records. Um, this this horror movie is dominating. It's now officially right. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, the the biggest September release of all time. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, b- uh, biggest September opening weekend of all time. Um, second biggest rated R opening weekend. Uh, and then as now this is just domestic gross, but it is at the tenth tenth place for. All time rated R domestic gross. That's nutso. Um, and it's going to be, I don't know, I would say uh, within like another two weeks, it'll be mm, seventh place. Uh, wow. So we'll have to see. I mean, uh, <laughs> you're, you're competing with Jesus for the top spot. Even Deadpool couldn't knock Jesus yeah, off his there you go. heavenly throne. <laughs> the, it, it will face some competition this coming week weekend with uh, Ninjago and uh, Golden Circle jerk coming out. Um, both, both those moves are going to, I think, take 
away some of the its steam. Um, but I mean, even if it pulls in twenty mil, that's a huge third week. And I don't. See, I mean, honestly, I don't see much overlap with Ninjago. So maybe Kingsman. Excuse me. Kingsman definitely be running some interference there, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. What well, that's one of those films where the uh, kind of the the there was a groundswell and there was a lot of hype uh, after the film came out that allowed for a sequel. So yeah. I, I feel like nobody knows nobody. We don't have a benchmark of how well this film is going to do. Um, oh, uh, it yeah. could be, you know, just building on the momentum the first film had uh, a huge success or I, I mean if it does really it gets a really bad critical reception I could see it not doing very well Agreed. So, yeah it, we'll just have to wait and see but it I, is a is a ridiculous success it is and a uh, little little bit of trivia here the previous largest September um, release was crocodile Dundee <laughs> which did 174 million dollars in the month of September. So this is already past that in two weeks. It is now officially the largest opening or largest movie period to run in September, and it is 12 or sorry 14.2 million shy of becoming the largest R-rated horror film of all time, and will soon top Exorcist's 232 million dollar total. That's not adjusted for inflation. What a crazy! I mean, I I thought this movie was going to be a hit, but man. Um, just insane. Just insane. Um, Colin, did you did you watch the Emmys last night? My gosh, I love the Emmys so much. Television is my favorite form of media entertainment. <laughs> I, uh, no, I heard. I mean, spoil like spoilers for the Emmys. Uh, I don't really care. Yeah, I don't think so. Julia Louise Dre- Louis Dreyfus uh, won for like the fifty fourth time in a row, the sixth time in a row, I think. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Donald Glover picked up a best yeah, director. My, my man. Yeah. Um, so what? Something won. Uh, um, Handmaid's Tale picked up a dramatic series. Yep. Yep. John Lithgow won for The Crown. That was like a, kind of an upset over, <clears throat> I think, over. Um, I mean, anybody honestly could have won it in that uh, outstanding supporting actor role, but that was like a big upset, I think. Um, Kate McKinnon won. Um, oh, Donald Glover also won for leading actor in a comedy series for, oh, for Atlanta. That was cool. Uh, yeah, so he pulled out two, two awards, which is awesome. Good because he deserved. It. I loved Atlanta. Can't wait for season two to come out. Um, it still seems to be a while away. That was like one of my favorite shows of last year. But God, uh, that was last year. Yeah. What? The what, Emmy, what that's happens? A, that's, How does man? Right. Yeah. Life. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I never watched Big Little Lies. It didn't seem like the kind of show I would I would want to see, but that kind of swept up all the uh, limited series, TV movie stuff. Um, Riz Ahmed won for Night of, which I really I, I like that show a lot. Um, and then best outstanding writing for a comedy series was Aziz. Sorry. Oh, I did hear that too, and his yeah. his co writer too. Uh, Right, it's not just yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, you're right. Good, uh, Lino Awaith. Yeah. Um, but what I was really excited about, I'm, first of all, it this kind of shows just like how much more diversity is in television than in <laughs> movies. Like, there's a lot more opportunity for uh, minorities uh, to to get something made on television uh, than it is in Hollywood big budget studio machine. Yeah. But the outstanding made-for-television movie was San Junipero from Black Black Mirror. Nice. Yeah, I was really happy about that. Um, beat out The Wizard of Lies, Dolly Parton's Christmas, and The Immortal Life of somebody, I don't know. But, yeah, if you haven't seen that episode, or I didn't even really think it was a movie. I didn't know that that's what they were classifying it as. It's an hour and a half, I guess, but um, San Junipero, check it out. Black Mirror, Netflix. Loved that. That's one of my all-time favorite episodes of Black Mirror. Um, and then of course you mentioned Hands Made Tale cleaning up. Um, yeah. Anything else do you want to talk about? The- Man, not not related indirectly, only tangentially related to that. I learned that uh, Elizabeth Moss is a Scientologist. 
Yeah. Yeah, I know. That right? sucks. That weird. What a weird irony. I know. Right? And, like, yeah. And uh, Mark Marin. <clears throat> Mark Marin is a Scientologist? I didn't know that. Hold on. Maybe that's just a, a complete falsehood. Uh, <laughs> I did not know Mark. If you if you told me, that would be new information. Colin. I hope that's wrong. I hope... Uh, it, it doesn't seem like something that you'd be a part of, but if... I mean, there's strange bedfellows out there. I mean, there's tons of Scientologists. You oh, you know what? Maybe it was uh, Giovanni Rubisi, and I read in context of an interview he did uh, with Mark Maron. Yeah. Man, even that, Giovanni, come on, man. Um, yeah. Weird, weird stuff there. Um, yeah, Elizabeth Moss, Moss is a very talented actress. Um, and, and But I am glad that she's finally getting recognized, because she's done a few things and I think um, you know Mad Men I know she got nominated and people raved about her that Top of the Lake if you haven't seen Top of the Lake that's a really good um, detective series um, based in New Zealand that she was the lead actor in yeah and I mean I've only we only made it through about half of Handmaid's Tale but she was phenomenal um, in, in her leading role there so yeah, so the Emmys went by another year, and Colin and I didn't watch, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I think it seems like everybody, everything that won was kind of what everybody assumed would win, so no huge upsets there. Um, all right, Colin, let's talk about this Tomb Raider trailer. Yeah. Uh, what did you think? <laughs> I'm, uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I'm not going to get my hopes up, really. Like, it just it doesn't matter how much talent you throw at something now. It doesn't. You're right. You, because the, I just... People just don't know how to make video game film adaptations work. Uh, and again, when was the last... We were talking... We, Assassin's Creed. Is that the um, last time we were up at bat with this Probably, thing? I think. I think Assassin's Creed, yeah. I know we've talked about it in relation to... Uh, Uncharted recently, and I know we've talked yeah. about it in relation to The Last of Us recently, but again, we have a game with some ideas that lend themselves really well, I think, to being adapted to all sorts of different medium, but uh, film is no exception. And watching the trailer, we see a, we see a lot of, uh, I mean, even some almost one-to-one shots from moments in the game yeah, but absent from the trailer is, the, I think the most important part of the game, which is the beginning of that game. Yeah, where you they, I mean, they reestablished Lara Croft as uh, a, a human character, um, as an ill-prepared, you know, wealthy, affluent life of luxury. Um, <clears throat> intellectual who is, you know, going to yeah. going on this adventure and then sort of faced with the realities of life and survival and you know, fr- you know frailty uh, of and being being underprepared and it's it's just the it was <laughs> really. The, the reason the game did so well was because of how they how compelling the arc uh, with Lara and her re rebranding was yeah and there's there was just as far as I'm concerned I didn't see any el- not even an element of that in in the trailer it looked like a trailer for uh, not a for a bad action movie yeah not even good not even an interesting action movie like it's there was some really over the top stuff and oh yeah. In the game, I feel like I'm not going to talk about the end of the game because you kind you kind of it goes to a, a, a different place. But all that stuff is is earned, um, mm-hmm. I think. So, and when you see it in a trailer like this, it just feels felt cheesy to me. I hope they I hope they get it. I just I feel like this one is so easy. Yeah, like, I agree. It's so. 
it doesn't anybody who is familiar with this at all should have a good understanding of why that aspect is arguably the most important aspect of the game's success. Um, you know, it's you're not playing this invisible double D <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cup supermodel who is triple backflipping off of walls, <laughs> yeah. shooting velociraptors with her infinite ammo. 1911s you know yeah. it's a, a human being being hunted and then hunting other human beings yeah. to survive so i don't know well we'll see whatever and it's unfortunate too like you mentioned like talent seems to not matter in these cases because uh vikander at least vikander who's playing Lori croft is a phenomenal actress blew blew me away in ex machina a couple years ago and uh certainly has a physicality to her uh, which you enlightened me that she was an ex-ballerina um, to, pull, to pull off a role like this. But it seems like they may have, like just from the trailer, it seems like they may have relied too much on her physical abilities. Like it seems like there's a lot of jumping and smashing and like sliding under and hopping. You know what I mean? Like it's hearkening back to those old video games a little bit when it comes to, to that. Um, which I... I one thing that I kind of appreciated about, and I don't, maybe I blacked out when you said this. You could have said this, um, but is like kind of they they kind of turned her Laura into an intellectual, and she uses her mind in in the game, and not it's not like Uncharted if you've never played Tomb Raider. It's not like that necessarily, but she outsmarts her opponents in a lot of ways. I didn't feel that either from the trailer, which kind of unfortunate because you can make a really complex character out of Lara Croft uh, yeah I don't know I don't in, until we're proven wrong I think any video game movie is going to be um, I'm going to have reservations about it I'm not going to get too excited about any of them um, unless you put like Tarantino or uh, somebody like that I wouldn't be, I don't I wouldn't want Tarantino to adapt a video I mean it would have to be a very specific video game <laughs> Dude, I mean a, could, okay how about a Street Fighter Tarantino game I, it depends on so the the source material for Street Fighter is I mean I don't know it depends on what you're talking about like it's just I mean, all the all the <laughs> all the backstory for Street Fighter is retconned. Yeah, it's like, true. it's just that's it's true. been reverse engineered over time. You know, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> you're saying the original Street Fighter film wasn't one of the greatest films of all time. Who was the? I mean, the actor that played M Bison was. Uh, it was it was the last role he did, and he was actually an incredible actor. Uh, I'm looking it up right now, so I can't remember his keep name. Keep talking. Um, but he, like, he is... The, oh, Raul Julia. Yeah. 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 It, like, died very young, and it was very tragic. And yeah. actually, he was the only good part about that movie. Yeah. Uh, uh, you, his performance. People probably know him most from the Addams Family movies, uh, but uh, Presumed Innocent with Harrison Ford. Excellent performance in that movie. The movie Romero. I think he might have got nominated for an Oscar for that. Um I did. I just learned this. He was a mezzo soprano opera singer. Yeah. Very talented human being, by the way. Yeah. And great, just great character actor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, wow, that cast. Uh, anyways, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, anything else you want to say about Tomb Raider? I think that we, you, you, you nailed it. I think on everything you said. And again, we just—it's one of those things where not going to be fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice. Shame on... Make me watch Assassin's Creed. <laughs> God damn it. All hope is lost. I tried to do the George Bush. Yeah. Shame can't on. fool me again. Can't Shame on me. Yeah, can't fool me. Fool me twice. Can't fool me again. <laughs> All right. Um, we... As I mentioned earlier, we have an email, but we're going to read that at, at the end of the show. Yeah. Um, Colin, if they do want to email us, how do they do that? We'll fire up your internet-enabled typing devices. I, I got nothing. And send an email to midnightfilmreview at gmail.com. That's midnightfilmreview at gmail.com. We'll read them live on the air. 
All right, we'll be right back with a media hot take by yours truly. Colin, we're back with media hot takes sponsored by O-Town. <laughs> O-Town, we're coming to you. <laughs> That's our best sponsor yet. Oh, God. <laughs> and what a and the what a perfect sponsor for this week's Miyate. Yeah. O Town uh, presents Orville. Yeah, so I'm giving a Miyate. Now, granted, I, I want to be clear. I've only seen two episodes, so are there more than two episodes? Not out yet. Okay, no. well um, then the next one comes out Thursday. Um, so I, I'm not. A, I should say sorry, I'm not a huge Seth MacFarlane fan. I, I I'll be honest. Ted was, couldn't tell by your review of looking lucky. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Again, why was he in that movie? Anyways, um, I'm, uh, you mentioned off the air. Yeah, first two seasons, even three seasons of Family Guy. I, you know, I laughed. I enjoyed them. Um, Shtick wore thin pretty quickly on me. Um, now every time I see a Family Guy, I just get annoyed. Uh, South Park, I think, has thoroughly skewered them. Well, um, I mean, so the, uh, I don't, the first three seasons, he actually wrote them. And yeah. then they canceled the show. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Fair and enough. DVD sales brought it back. Yeah. And when he when they brought it back, I've you know I've never been I've never bothered to confirm this, but that's when he just didn't try anymore. And they they would write formulaic the manatee. flashback jokes yeah. that could be cut and pasted uh, into the it, it just went they went super low effort, super um, low yeah, effort. So. Um, I mean, I'm not saying Seth MacFarlane's not a talented person because I think he does have some talents. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Ted. I, the first one was okay. It's not something that I will say that I loved. Um, second one, honestly, I've never seen. Um, I'm, I'm not. I, I'm not going to go through his entire uh, filmography, but I, I just I'm not a huge fan of him. I was trying to look and see if there was anything you that know, I, a million ways to, is it a million ways to die in yeah, the West? Yeah, was not a good film, but I actually kind of enjoyed it. Um, because I've never of seen it. Charlize and because of uh, Liam Neeson, um, of all of his movies, of which I probably haven't seen very many, I I would think I'm not going to say it's his best because who knows. But I would watch that before I would watch either Ted movie again. So fair enough. Yeah, I I haven't seen it, so I'm not going to. It's about it, but. yeah. It's it just it's not like Ted that kind of masquerades as a more serious mainstream film it it's just obviously a farce yeah so, yeah yeah i don't know uh orville masquerades is something as well so if you've seen any kind of trailer for this show you'll know that fox is definitely billing it as a satire on star trek or uh maybe in the vein of galaxy quest something along that line which is just a, <laughs> a satire slash homage to star trek yeah so, yeah um, and this is some. This is like, uh, this is a straight up ripoff of, of Star Trek. Um, so it stars Seth MacFarlane as Ed Mercer. He's the captain of the Orville. His wife or ex-wife, played by uh, Adrian Pilecki from, um, you'll know her from Agents of Shield, Shield, um, and Fortnite Lights. Um, plays his ex-wife and also uh, his commanding officer on the ship. They're kind of thrown in together, and that's some humor comes from that, and I and a in a um, uh, what an awkward forced forced way yeah. Um, Scott Grimes plays his lieutenant, who is like this bumbling savant uh, uh, ship pilot. Like he's a pilot, and he's like got all this talent, but he's also like always drunk. Anyways, but. It's not really played for laughs. Everything in this show that's supposed to be played for laughs is all done in a very one-off way. So, much like Family Guy, there are reoccurring jokes about him being a drunk or be or drinking or trying to stay sober. Again, this is the first two episodes, so I'm trying to, you know, maybe in the future it evolves into something more. Um, I try. I can't remember the name of the character that plays a a character. It's 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 like the Klingons, but it's, I forget what it's called, but there's like a, a joke. I think they're called the Krolls or something like that. And he makes a joke about their, their entire race are males. 
And so there's like, he makes a joke in the beginning, like, well, then who does the dishes? And it's just, it's, uh, it's just, it's really in poor taste and it's really badly done. It's just, I mean, and those, that's like, those are the, like the jokes. And then it moves on to like a serious thing. And then there's another joke where uh, a guy was like, you know, he's like on this other ship and he's coming in. He's like, uh, um, I just have one question, sir. Am I allowed to have soda on the, on the bridge? And he's like, as long as you keep it below the panels, sure, why not? And it's like, okay, like, that's not, fu- like, that's not funny. I don't, like, I get what you're trying to do. It's just not working. Um, this last episode, uh, Adrian Plecky and Seth MacFarlane get beamed into this apartment building where they're stuck in this room um, and they're forced to reflect on on their lives and their relationship. And it feels like that entire episode is to try to bring some sexual chemistry to the show and to like put them in like a, will they, won't they relationship? Will they get back together? Won't they? It's just, this show is not good. And I will be surprised if it, if it runs after this one season. Um, we looked at the Metacritic reviews. The highest review was uh, 58 has a 36 Metacritic score. Um, it's just kind of sad. Like, I think there is room for something like this out there if it is done correctly. And I just don't think Seth MacFarlane... I think what Seth MacFarlane did was, like, basically wanted to make Star Trek and told them it was going to be a comedy and then made Star Trek. Is <laughs> what he did. Um, yeah. So, it, I, 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 won't, I wouldn't recommend it. I, I, I might watch another couple episodes just to see, like, if it gets better. But not something I look forward to week to week. Weird. Yeah. Very weird show. Yeah. Speaking um, of weird things, you want to talk about some mother? Yeah, the mother, the mother of all <laughs> weird things. All right, we'll be right back with a review of Mother. Colin, we're back with a spoiler-free review of Darren Aronofsky's latest rom-com, Mother. Mother boy. Mother boy. So this movie stars Jennifer Lawrence, um, Javier Bardem, Michelle Pfeiffer, Ed Harris. Uh, anybody else? Oh, uh, no. Anybody else? That's that's pretty much it. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I, honestly, there's there's one more person you might recognize, but I feel like those are the only characters. So. There are two more actors you might recognize. I just yeah, it's I don't know if it's worth spoiling. I don't think it would be a spoiler. I don't I just don't even think it's worth talking about All really. Right. So um, so I don't I don't care. Do you want to read the? I mean, should we read the? I'm I don't. Let's wait until spoilers to read the synopsis. Oh, the synopsis. <laughs> yeah, wait. What? What is this? Hold on. Yeah, sure. That's as as close. Uh, to something as you're gonna get right okay a couple's relationship is tested when uninvited guests arrive at their home disrupting their tranquil existence uh colin i'm really anxious to hear what you thought about this film i'm trying to steven steven mccaddy that's who uh that's the actor i was trying to remember um oh really and uh kristen wig oh yeah yeah later on um Domhnall Gleeson very yeah. briefly. I was talking about Domhnall Gleeson <laughs> is who I was thinking of. Yeah. Okay. Um. So wow. Uh. This film, I think I mentioned a week ago or two weeks ago. I had, thanks to the way they marketed it. Uh. You know the the first trailer we saw they they literally don't show any footage. Yeah. Uh, they yeah. just play some audio from the film, and I you know I didn't go out. I think eventually. Uh, <clears throat> Maybe shortly before or shortly after screening started, they actually cut together a more traditional trailer, whatever that means, because I didn't watch it. Um, I don't know how you make a... Having seen the movie, I don't know how you make a trailer for this movie. Uh, I mean, it's just not... Either way, you're either going to be lying to the audience or you're going to be spoiling something for the audience, so... um, yeah, so this film sort of starts off as a maybe a psychological horror film, something like that. Um, and I 
was very intrigued by the first half of the movie, first two-thirds of the film. I don't really know where the point of delineation is as far as, like... Because <laughs> it's a fairly long movie. I think it's over two hours long, right? It's like two hours, exactly. Two hours? Yeah. yeah. So it just how... feels a lot longer than That's two That's true. Hours. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know. I thought they were... <laughs> This film is so hard to talk about. So, <laughs> this film is intri- it's intriguing. It's really uncomfortable, uh, and you're trying to figure out what's going on. And then, I think as soon as you do figure out what's going on, everything falls apart. The film goes off the rails. Uh, you, I spent the first half of the film or the first whatever wondering if I was understanding the allegory, if I was understanding the symbolic elements of the film. I guarantee you were. And then they just, and then it just stops being obscured and they just, it's totally overt and they just shove it down your throat and the pacing of the film changes wildly. Uh, And I, I was like, I was just, it was such a strange turn. Um, You go from this sort of building sense of unease and confusion about what's real and what's happening and who these characters are and what they're doing here. And then you, the film kind of reaches a climax and then after the film resumes, it just, it's, it's like a, totally different movie it's it's like they ran out of time and i don't i don't know how to describe it but i it was a uh, any chance of me really enjoying this film or having having any lasting <laughs> affection for this film uh was ruined by you know the, this point halfway through the movie or two-thirds of the way through the movie um that being said i think the direction is still excellent uh aronofsky does some really cool things um with this little space he works in um and with kind of translating what's going on uh into into the way the camera moves and the camera frames and the way the audience experiences what's going on with the characters. The performances are incredible. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence is good, but Javier Bardem is just, uh, he was my, I think my favorite part of this film. Um, Ed Harris is great. Uh, I, I feel like I haven't seen Michelle Pfeiffer in anything in a long time. Hmm. I'm trying, I'm trying to remember the last time I saw her in something. Uh, I don't, I don't know, it, but she, I was, I really enjoyed her performance a yeah. lot. I thought she absolutely nailed her character. Uh, there's some great scenes with her and Jennifer Lawrence. Um, but in the end, there is, there is nothing that could save the path of this narrative. Uh, you, you just go from this sort of uncomfortable confusing not not confusing but unclear symbolism or allegory or metaphor and then they just stop pull the veil off shove it down your throat and you're forced to (laughs) yeah like reconcile it throughout the rest of the film and it's just it's just it's pretentious it's obnoxious it defeats the purpose of writing the first half of the film this way uh, and I, f- I found the whole experience uh, frustrating, especially because I felt like I was it was on track to kind of subvert my expectations or play with my expectations. And it did in, in a way, and that way is by taking a big smelly crap all over <laughs> right. uh, everything that made this film interesting or novel or enjoyable. So how'd you feel about Mother, uh, very similar to you. I I totally agree with a lot of what you said. I thought Javier Bardem was excellent. I thought um, I thought 
Michelle Pfeiffer was stole the show. Yeah, really, she she did an excellent job. Ed Harris was fine. I think Jennifer Lawrence was miscast in this role. Honestly, um, I didn't play to her best strengths. And honestly, the camera work didn't do her any favors the way that it follows her around, um, which I I I think. I'm, there were times I liked the camera work in this, and then there were other times where I thought it was distracting and um, unnecessary, um, and almost like a conceit. He uses it as a conceit in the film, which I thought was unfortunate. Um, you, you know, the movie's not scary, but he tries to set up tension by using the camera this way, and that annoyed me at, at points in, in the movie. I, I understand kind of why he did this, but. Um, it just it, it took me out of the film in certain areas. Uh, I do think the set design the, and uh, like a, the cinematography. I think all the technical aspects aside from that uh, camera work are really really good um, for the budget that he had. I think he put off a, a lot of great shots. Um, I think that <sighs> I, it's hard to, it's hard to even like judge the writing of the script. Uh, I don't man I don't know. Um, you, I think you and I will agree that uh, I don't mind movies that are um, narratively shaky. I think of some, a movie like Mall and Drive, which left me being like, man, what happened? I remember scouring the internet for hours after seeing that movie, trying to figure out what's going on. Um, and I feel like that could have been this movie, but you nailed it at, at a certain point. Like, he's so obvious with his allegory and his metaphors and he's just pounding you over the head by the end you're just like okay dude i get it you're a horrible person like that's the other thing is like there's so much like, this is a very personal film <clears throat> film for him, him and i get that you know this is you can tell this is a movie about his life and his relationship and his dealings with fame um i mean if you know cows give me a weird look but if you know anything about his personal life this is Obviously, a complete allegory. Uh, did you know he's dating Jennifer Lawrence? No. Yeah. He, <laughs> no. Him and him and Jennifer Lawrence are together. So, like, it's just... It's obvious he's Javier Bardem. It's obvious that she's Rachel Weisz, who he was married to before, and who was significantly younger than him as well when they started dating. And it's just... it's a re It's one of those... It's one of those movies where... It is so pretentious, not necessarily because he's uh, an enigmatic film auteur. It's pretentious because he thinks that we're interested in his life and that he's trying to build this great art on his experience. Man, I can't tell if I'm about <laughs> if I'm about to blow your mind in spoilers or if you're saw another layer of this film that I did not. Oh, I can't wait to talk about that. That's why I th thought we have a lot to talk about. This huh. um, but not only that is he tries to throw like all these other allegories on top of this already muffled mix. There's like, you know, I mean, we'll go to spoilers, yeah. but there's just so many, like instead of just focusing on this one aspect, which may have made the film a little bit more rich, he tries to sprinkle all these other things on it. And it's just, it's there's so much happening at by the end of this movie that I just was like I couldn't wait for it to be over because I just was sick of the nonsense. I, I was like so like I'm not I'm not pissed I saw this movie. I'm not even angry and I don't people who like this movie, I'm not going to begrudge them, but I just think that it is just so, so self-serving and you know I I just don't think that there's a lot to take away from this movie uh, outside of the first half hour 45 minutes of it um this is a a c plus for me like it's it it it, it because it is like the performances are good i think the direction's fine i think that the set pieces and the way that some of the shots are set up are are good i just i don't i don't, I don't it's hard to talk about i don't really yeah. know what to say about this movie i don't i can't recommend it to anybody but it's not yeah, I don't. I don't know if I would give it a grade. I certainly wouldn't recommend it to anybody. I'm not gonna tell anybody to go see this. Like, if you want to see yeah. a good Aronofsky film, there are three great critically acclaimed, relatively choices that are not this film. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't. I mean, if you're curious, you're gonna see it just yeah. to understand what 
we're talking about or because you have seen his previous work and you're willing to give him a shot like we were and but i'm not gonna you know you know if if we're we're talking to you and if not i don't really recommend you spend time and money seeing this film no so yeah if you're an aronofsky fan sure see it i think we should talk real quick before we move on to spoilers about the 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 cinema score uh so this movie got an f cinema score which is like really really hard to do yeah um there has been three movies in the last two years i think that's had an f score i i should have pulled it up but I, i read an article but i sent you the article um what was that two days ago a couple days ago yeah um so i'll try to pull it up really fast but <clears throat> I, I kind of understand why people gave this an F the marketing which you gotta mention like how are you how do you cut a trailer for this I, I don't yeah like what do you do like what yeah I just don't get I don't know how you cut a trailer for this movie yeah without what, just revealing the entire movie and your understanding of the film changes so drastically part of the way through when they stop <laughs> When, yeah. the, when the, the allegory is not an allegory, it's just overt. Uh, yeah, so. Um, the, so I, I'm trying to find the, the, the I found a, um, a, a breakdown of the cinema score, though, and I, the, I, I thought this was pretty interesting. So people who, people who thought it was a horror film gave it an F. Yeah. People who were Jennifer Lawrence fans gave it an F <laughs> people who were Aronofsky fans gave it a C and people who liked Black Swan gave it an F so <laughs> uh, the breakdown was I mean that's 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 a pretty hard breakdown yeah uh, but and you know I mean it sucks because we always talk about how we want studios to take risks on films. Yeah, yeah. And this film is not making any money. And, you know, I, I'd rather see films like this than that take yeah. <laughs> wild chance, I guess you could call it. I don't know. I, yeah, I'd, I'd, rather, yeah. I'd rather get these than... Transformers? Yeah, than Transformers yeah. or uh, Pirates of the Caribbean yeah, or yeah. whatever. <laughs> so um, it's just this... God. normally I would be defending a film like this sure. and I just don't really want to defend this one uh, but it certainly doesn't fit into any filmmaking one film film genre catalog uh, I don't know I have no idea how you market this film um, if it was a good film you market it on the strength of the director but it's yeah <laughs> which is what they tried to do uh, and it's just the, the other so. the other issue too I think and it was brought up in an article I read today is you don't normally put this movie out there in, in wide release because you don't need usually this movie is a movie that's a limited release and you let word of mouth build or like hey have you seen that Aronofsky film it's supposed to be really weird and instead of trying to market this to wide audiences which is not <laughs> I can't imagine like my mom and dad seeing this movie like that's you know this isn't for everyday people who don't love and even us who love cinema this is stretching our limits i, I have a hard time understanding the people who who love this film but whatever you want to go to spoilers yeah let's just go all right we'll be right back with spoilers for mother what honey wow are you kidding really? me you just ruin it every oh. time i'll see you at home well, wait a second rude. Taking place. Oh, and we're back with spoilers for Mother. I just watched a film. <laughs> so, so let's start with our email from uh, regular contributor Drew Mascarelli. Uh, he says, "Good morning, afternoon, evening, midnighters. I just got out of seeing Mother, and I have no idea how to feel about the film. Technically speaking, it was great, but I couldn't help but, but feel uncomfortable watching Darren Aronofsky jerk himself off for an hour <laughs> and 50 minutes, sitting next to my mom, who had nothing to say about the movie after it was over, besides the fact that she thought the house was pretty. It was a nice house, for sure. <laughs> it's kind of creepy. Um, <laughs> I'm convinced that this guy wouldn't know a subtle metaphor if it invaded his house and broke his counter. Uh, once I figured out what he was going for, the rest of the movie became pretty predictable and kind of a chore to sit through. 
I'd rather not totally spoil the film for those who are interested in seeing it, but haven't got the chance to do so yet, but I've attached a picture of my favorite shot in the movie. Aronofsky sure turns every frame into a painting. Love or else, Drew. <laughs> and he sent us a picture of... Uh... <laughs> a baby sandwich! Yeah, yeah. <sighs> yep. That sums up. <laughs> that sums it up. Good job, Drew. Pretty much. We could have just read that email on... on... And, and been done with the show. Yeah. So are you going to blow my mind? You said... You well, so I, like, I, elements of his, him, I mean, maybe unconsciously, but it just, it's Darren Aronofsky's pretentious Bible story, the film. But see, I, I, first of all, this mirrors his life. Like that's, I guess if you go in, you don't know this, that it mirrors his life, then you may not understand that like... You know, he's been very candid about his relationship with Rachel Weiss and how he, he let fame get to him and uh, how he treated her and his um, his 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 breakdown over art. Uh, there was a long time in between uh, The Fountain and Black Swan where he had trouble yeah. coming up with another movie. And right, of course, right around the time that they split up, he writes Black Swan. <clears throat> So, uh, those parallels are clearly there, I think. And then he is obsessed with biblical allegories. So, why not make himself into a biblical allegory? So, it's just like pretension on top of pretension. Is that's the way I see it? Yeah, I mean, maybe. I I mean, I guess I felt like the everything paralleled the Bible closely enough. I I wasn't looking for aspects of his life inserted into. The different characters, sure. but I—I I mean, yeah, yep. <laughs> I mean, and, and it's—it's it's, yeah. There's there's so there's so many metaphors. There's biblical metaphors, but there's also like uh, climate change metaphors in here. There's motherhood metaphors. There's you know parallels with, with his own relationship, like I mentioned. There's, um, I mean, there's just well, it's it's so it's his. It's his take on biblical lore framed through the lens of, like, contemporary ideas on the planet and human impact on the planet. But also his life. I mean... I guess, maybe. More or less, his relationship with Rachel Vice is pretty much. Yeah. Okay. And then even, <clears throat> excuse me, the the ending shot of Jennifer Lawrence waking up, and her CGI face resembles Rachel Vice, which I was like, is he really going there? Like, it was so it was so weird, so weird that he chose to do that, like. And even the the opening shot is it. It I, I I I'm curious to know what how she feels about this film. Um, I didn't I didn't think it looked like Rachel Vice at all. But I mean it again. It paralleled the idea that you know <laughs> humanity is just one attempt at the or one incarnation or iteration of the dominant form of life on the planet, and you know the cycle starting over again once we'd. De- sufficiently De- destroyed, destroyed it mother yeah I, I mean yeah but I also think that that's him talking about destroying a relationship and dude it the fact that I, you, I can't believe you're disagreeing with me it's just, so clear he he like pulls out her heart and it's like his whole thing is like like I, like I said he, he divorced he, he divorced Rachel Weiss in 2010 yeah he said before that we had been living months apart. He pulled before that, like he didn't. He wrote the wrestler. I liked the wrestler, but it didn't achieve the same level of critical or not even critical, like commercial success that Requiem for a Dream. So between Requiem for a Dream and Black Swan, Wrestler was really his only movie that did anything. Which I think the Wrestler's his best movie. But <clears throat> you have those two 
that huge gap of eight years. That whole time he was married to Rachel Weiss. And then as soon as he, like, destroys our relationship, he writes this other movie, which okay. is very similar to what happens in the movie. Like, I, I don't know. I just, to me, man, I don't know. It, May, I mean, so maybe, I, so that's, I mean, that sounds, that makes perfect sense. I just, I don't know anything about his personal life. And that makes yeah. it, that makes it even worse. So I just don't really even <laughs> want to add that level of. It does make it worse. Of narcissism on there. Like if it's just a shitty, you know. Bible allegory and well and you know human impact on the planet allegory it it was already bad enough without him inserting himself into the character of God and also running a third parallel metaphor about his relationship and how it affects his ability to create uh, I mean yeah yeah I mean uh I don't know. I, I that, so that. so <laughs> how like how far back how far back can you track the Bible metaphor? I, that, this is the game I wanted to play. Oh, like how where where do you see it start? Um, that's a good question. I don't know. I, I that's a I would have to think about that. But I I feel like trying to. So clearly, I didn't I didn't read anything about this film because I didn't know yeah about his like him insert his relationship with Rachel Weiss or anything. Um, but you know me, I'm like Mr. TMZ. I know, yeah, like that I was just, fun. I'm just into those those things because I'm yeah. a weirdo. But um, I, I didn't know. I mean, I, I obviously didn't know that that was going to be what that was about either. Either, but I don't know when. When was the first time you? Well, I, so I don't I don't know when it maybe uh I mean the brother killing the brother thing was yeah. way over the top Pro- probably then um, but then looking back so you see uh, um both the characters well so I mean the the first I mean the first overt thing I saw in the film is uh or maybe visual metaphor is Ed Harris's missing rib. Right. Oh, and nice. Then yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer shows up, but oh, you know, yeah. so he, but God kind of creates something in His own image to worship Him. So is Adam, and then He gives Adam a partner, and then the the jewel okay. is yeah. forbidden knowledge and yeah. their sin, and then there's Cain and Abel. Yeah, and then uh, the overpopulation of unrighteous humanity and the great flood which is the sink breaking yeah uh that drives human drives yeah. humans away again uh and then obviously the the birth of christ yeah <laughs> uh, and his flesh being eaten yeah which is just like oh so i'm j- i was just so annoyed by then can I, like the and the cinematog the change in cinematography when all the people sh- show up and we're suddenly like progressing through mm. all of the the atrocities humans commit on yeah. one another and she's like why are you doing this to prove we were here yeah. I like I don't think my eyes could have rolled any harder I, without my optic nerve dissecting itself you know yeah I think I threw up my mouth a little bit that. It, it's not subtle. It's not funny or cute or like interesting. It's, or deep. Or, or deep. Yeah, yeah. Or deep or any of that. I don't know. I mean, so, uh, <laughs> this is what Arnowski said about the film. Yeah. Uh, and you, you've, I mean, you, you nailed a lot of the larger themes uh, of it but this is just so ridiculous that he even has to explain i mean you just explain what he said so <clears throat> jennifer is gaia uh, and javier is god um he out of boredom he creates adam and eve the couple who proceed to destroy both gaia's creation and his study the garden of eden which holds god's perfect crystal their dueling sons cain and abel they're also worshipers and praise god who keeps, <laughs> who keeps sitting on Mother's unsupported sink that eventually calls the great flood, great flood. God impregnates Mother, who gives birth to the Messiah. It's a 
chaotic sequence followed by disquieting communion and revelation. Uh, he said, it's all about taking a piece of the world and confining it into a space and making a conversation about society using my own personal human story and what I've experienced in relationship with man and woman and what Mother Earth has given us this planet and putting them together. All that she's given, all that, all that, <clears throat> all that women give, and when Mother is attacking the crowd, the allegory is there. Here are these incredible infinite resources given to us, and we abuse it. And we abuse it, and much like the same way we abuse it, we abuse we abuse each other in our personal relationships. We take them for granted, much as we take Mother Nature for granted. Get over yourself, dude. It's. I mean, it's not. It's not allegory if it's no longer if it's literal. <laughs> if it's no longer figurative, right. it's not allegory. <laughs> That's not what that is. Right. I just. And then, and then the ultimate, she discovers the oil, which is the, the downfall of, <laughs> the thing used to destroy humanity. That part of the movie, I was. That's when I was really like, I just. The, well, when she first discovers it, I'm like, are we just like, let's please go to a psychological horror place, like, yeah, please don't take this somewhere i don't want it to go and he was like hey man <laughs> fuck you <laughs> like <laughs> this is oh my god like i kept thinking like after after the movie's over i'm driving home and i'm just thinking like you know there is a way to make this personal relationship mirror what he's trying to say mirror to, to mirror to be a, a real allegory like you said to, there's a, a way to do that and it seems like it was right there, and he just decided to, like, you know it would be really cool if she blows up the house with oil because it's destroying us. It's like, dude, what? It, it is just... And that doesn't even make sense. Like, why didn't the people find the oil? Like, what? Anyways, I mean, I, I don't... I don't feel like this movie even deserves to be dissected that in that way. Um I mean, there's no honestly. There's not a need to dissect it. Everything is just yeah. laid. It's spelled out for you. It's right. there. There's no. <laughs> once once it's brought to the surface, it, everything is there. It's just. It's there's there's nothing left to to ponder or contemplate. There's no nothing yeah. hidden. There's nothing you overlooked that is going to add any texture or right yeah enhance your understanding or appreciation for the film because it just ends up being a filmmaker beating you over the head with what used to be i mean it's still symbolism but just garbage yeah garbage symbolism yeah i don't you think um don't don't you think that this movie um if if you cut back on some of the extreme allegory and you just make it a very personal relationship kind of story um, that you can end this movie with before the birth of Christ and it be something worth. No, because you, you have to, you have to understand where the film is going and okay. That's yeah, you're right. It, like there are just too many problems. Like if you, even the part of the film I'm okay with which is up until she gets pregnant basically yeah. like that part of the film if it stands alone is okay but then mm -hmm. where do you go from there That's and true. how what do you do with That's these true. thematic elements that you've already made a core part of your film like the film you can't go back I mean I don't know like how do you keep that a how do you keep that sense of foreboding discomfort and sense that both you and the character you experience everything through through don't understand what's going on? Yeah. Like you you can't yeah. you you have to like reel it back at some point. It it just it keeps building and then that point of climax is so early and the film isn't you know you can't. It's not. It's not ready to be ended. Right. Uh, I, so I don't know. I just. No, I, I definitely agree with you. 
I, I yeah, I, this like the 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 level of of self indulgence in this film is kind of just it's a turn off to me too. Like I just like I, there's this I don't know like look how smart we are. Look at this movie. Look how, if you, and I I even I've even seen on Twitter people saying like if you didn't like Mother you didn't understand it and I'm like no I understand it that's why I don't like it. I mean, how there's nothing to understand. It's yeah, just that's, that's the other thing. It's yeah, you're right. So fashionable, like it's just it's there. It, I mean, it's like all right. He he gets to a point. He's like, all right, guys, if you if you weren't following, here's everything that's going on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. Exactly. You're right. Yeah. Uh, and and that's the thing is like you know I kind of brought up Mulholland Drive is like a movie like David Lynch is the master of 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 using uh, hidden allegories and, and making it not clear and. I think that, you know, you look at a movie like like Mulholland Drive, where I left that being like, what? Like, I'm, I, w- I wasn't upset that I didn't know what, exactly what happened. I, it made me curious. and wanted me to want to watch it again and try to figure out what did I miss or, you know, what is there more to dig into this? Whereas this movie just, it's not smart. That's the, I guess that's the big thing is it's not smart or clever in anything that it does. Yeah, or I mean, or something like the Lost Highway, which is more. Yes. I mean, Mulholland Drive is just is non is nonlinear storytelling, yeah. and there's. It it doesn't matter how much you think about it. Any any conclusions you come to have to rely heavily on your own interpretation. Yeah. Right. And it doesn't like understanding everything or having the story move from point A to point B in your mind is is not the point. And not where your enjoyment comes from, and I mean this the same with the Lost Highway. And, but this film, you know, first of all, I don't think anybody can do anybody but David Lynch has ever done in, in a film like Mulholland Drive or just any nonlinear film that worked. Um, yeah, the way that film does, it's uh, a really hard thing to do, right? And he's. He's the master of, of, of that. Yeah, I, I just I don't think anyone else can do it. So it's not really fair to compare Aronofsky right. or it, anybody to Lynch. It's not. You're right. But this, I mean, this film is just... But I would be... See, the thing is, I would be more excited if he shot for something like that and failed rather than do what he did. And I, Dude, I would have rather... I would have rather seen a film that was just about his personal shortcomings. Yeah. Like, that would have ended up being a more complex film and he doesn't have the option of just well i guess maybe he does if he like you know javier bardem pulls off a mask and it's darren aronofsky (laughs) at the end of the film but there's there's not many options to just like shit all over the audience and (laughs) make everything literal all of a sudden uh you know you have no choice but to like remove the, the film's metaphor to, to like pull it a level deeper than what is being shown on screen. Yeah. But I mean, with this, he just, he, <laughs> I don't know. I, I just, I don't know how you make this film work, but this yeah. wasn't even fucking close. No, it wasn't. Um, I, this has been a fun review though. I knew that like when I saw that, I really wanted to watch it with you. It, Things didn't work out the way that I wanted it to, but part of the way through the film, I was like, "Is this like are we watching what like Crimson Peak should have been?" <laughs> yeah. But I, yeah. at the same time, I'm like, I'm tracking the the allegory. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not allegory yet. It's just tracking the elements of the film that might be symbolic or there's you don't have context for. And I'm like, I'm like, this is really interesting, but. It could go someplace totally ridiculous, and what do you know? It does. Exactly what happened. Yeah. But did, right? Did did I mean? Didn't you get? Oh. So that the house is kind of the, alive. Yeah. You that, feel like something yeah. is wrong. You don't understand who these people are, what their motivations are. Yeah. Uh, the person that the protagonist is supposed to be relying on is clearly, you know, not not behaving towards them the way in a way that makes you feel grounded yes there was no so, grounding in the yeah. movie at all uh-huh. except and uh i could go on forever but then then you have things like we're going to take him to the hospital 
like and I just don't understand those little elements that are added like we're gonna like you know what I'm saying like either ground the film or don't yeah don't try to play this middle area the, which, the cell phone and, yeah yeah it, that that's that doesn't make sense that was that was when I was most irritated because it's either yeah either go all out for this allegory yeah. or like or just make a grounded movie that I, I that that kind of it's a it's just felt cheap honestly yeah because it was like well, I don't want you to know too much about what I'm doing here so we're gonna go to the hospital that just it was unnecessary I don't, yeah like most of the film. I'll never begrudge someone for being able to create uh, something, but I just did this. I would have been better off. No, I, 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 this didn't affect my life any any way other than I wish I had those two I mean, hours back. Javier Bardem's awesome. He is. Know? He and is great. And I Michelle, like Michelle Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. yeah. Um, I So next week, I guess we should announce, uh, I will be out of town, so there will not be a show unless you want to come here and do one by yourself. You're more than welcome to do that. <laughs> um <laughs> but uh the following week we'll be back on regular schedule probably with golden circle jerk review unless it just yeah best guess yeah. How about that because you know you can't can't cage us man <laughs> gotta be free to mislead you <laughs> to, yeah and see a different movie yeah, than what exactly. you were expecting um i don't know is that, is that gonna do it yeah i mean <laughs> Oh man, what a film! All right, well, I guess it's gonna do it for this episode of the Midnight Film Review. We will catch you on the flip side. Okay, bye. <laughs>